new concepts and ideas to help you reach your full potential. Reach your full potential. Reach your full potential. Small win, small win, small win. Keep your momentum going. The Success 101 Podcast. Welcome to the Success 101 Podcast. This is your host, Jared Warren. At each episode, my goal is to bring you a new concept or idea to help you maximize your full potential. Thanks for joining me here today. Now let's kick things off. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are we on? Are we on? <laughs> oh man, I love giving these guys here on my team such a hard time. They work their tail off to bring you guys the best each week. And of course, I try to throw a wrench in it every chance I can get. Hey guys, welcome back to the Success 101 podcast. I'm so excited to be here with you. As always, this is your host, Jared Warren. And I'm back to doing a walkthrough here of From Success to Significance, my book that I had the chance to write with my good friend, Curtis Estes, that we have literally sold hundreds of since my team put them out for just the shipping cost, which they still are, by the way. I'm going to tell you how to pick up your own copy here in just a moment. But Faithful Success 101 podcast listeners likely remember that I was going through a week-by-week breakdown of these episodes and really had a ton of fun doing it, got a lot of comments back on it. And in order to make room for more of the biohacking and interview type episodes, I put it on hold for just a moment. That actually created more demand for us to send the books out because people weren't hearing me go through them. But these sections, guys, that we're going to cover today are so crucially important. In fact, you'll hear me say that strategy component number five, the second strategy we go through today, is actually the most important strategy when it comes to living your life by design. More on that here in just a moment. If you guys would like to grab your own copy of From Success to Significance, the vision building manual with the five strategy components, the six vision building exercises, and so much more to really reframe how you think about goal planning, vision setting, and absolutely crush whatever it is that you have in front of you as your main target, head to success101podcast.com forward slash book. I had them change the URL on that. So if you've heard me say the dash book before, it's not that anymore, even though that will redirect you. It is now easy. It's success101podcast.com forward slash book. When you get there, if you're in the United States, select the paperback version and at the checkout, enter promo code success101 to grab it for just the shipping cost. If you're outside of the United States, you can pick up the ebook reader for just a couple of bucks more and my team will get that immediately over to you. Now, I want to take a step back here since it has been a little while, and I want to go back through the five components for creating your strategy, what that really means. If you guys missed the episodes on the six vision building exercises, which are crucial building blocks to moving into the five components for creating your strategy, go back and listen to any of the live episodes from the high 20s on back where I'm doing book reviews and you can get all caught up on all of this. That's why I love podcasts, guys. That information doesn't go away. This isn't a webinar that ends and then you guys can't find the information. Go back and listen to all of that. It is out there for your listening pleasure. Thank you very much. So let's dive into these five components for creating a strategy. Some of this you guys may have heard before if you listen to those episodes, but I want to do a quick recap here. Remember, guys, life is significance when it's filled with what? Positive moments that intentionally move a person toward their vision. We know, on the other hand, the trap that we don't want to get into, and that is a life filled with negative or meaningless moments that leaves a person feeling extremely unfulfilled, hopeless, depressed. You fill in the blank. 
One of Curtis's good friends at one point, in fact, told him that at the end of the day, we will appreciate the memories more than the money. And I think we'll hear that a lot more, guys, as we all get older. We will appreciate the memories more than the money. In other words, think about that. The moments that comprise our life are more significant than all the success in the world. And that's really what I want to do with this podcast, guys. We've got to get success 101 down, the grassroots level, the building blocks of what it means to be successful. But we can't stop there. We have to push forward into a life of significance. But you can't put the cart before the horse. We have to have success 101 first. We have to go through all of these building blocks and onto a life of significance. So I'm so glad you're here joining me as we dive into this. You may have heard me say before, guys, that goals are so important, even though they're overlooked because people throw that word around so much in our culture today. Goals are so important because they help us navigate the twists and turns, the discoveries and the events that comprise those fulfilling moments. And that reminds us all, and it leads us all to our ultimate vision. Goals clarify the opportunities within each of these moments, defining what those moments will look like and whether they will be positive and productive or negative and insignificant. In short, guys, they direct the actions a person takes. So if we recognize that goals exist to move us to a positive and desirable action, the question then becomes, what should my goals look like? As simple of a question as that sounds, it's such an important question that we have to stop and pause and listen to deep within ourselves, deep within our hearts and our minds. What should my goals look like? Because those are unique to you and mine are unique to me. So we really have to spend time listening to ourselves on that. You can't take someone successful on social media you're following and listen to their goals and apply that to your own life. Recipe for disaster. Guys, I imagine goals as a point of tension on a rubber band. We've got a stretch to achieve them. Nobody denies that. And that stretch is what supports our progress. It's what helps us push forward, become resilient, helps us grow. And therefore, it must be aggressive. If anyone ever tells you that your goals are too aggressive, don't just immediately get defensive about that. Actually take time to think through, are these too aggressive or is this person letting me off the hook too easily? And here's why. We've got to make our goals aggressive in order to grow, but we cannot make them too aggressive so that it becomes counterproductive and actually snaps the rubber band in that example that I just used. Our goals should push us past the current point of comfort to a point that is ambitious, but the goal must be possible. I'll say that again. The goal must be possible. It can't flatten us along the way, guys, mentally. We should then use those big overarching goals as tools to grow our current capabilities. So just because you don't have the current ability to reach an audacious goal, does that mean you should name for it? Think of all the skills, relationships, opportunities that have come to you over the last 10 years. Guys, if your goals were based on who you were 10 years ago instead of who you've become, you would not nearly be as successful as you are today or as you have been. Bookstores are overflowing, you know this, with resources that describe the process of setting goals. You can find that anywhere. Do a quick Google search. Millions upon millions of hits are going to come up. But the truth is that proper goal setting can be boiled down to the five rules, these five strategy components we talk about in this book. So you may have heard or go back and listen to previous episodes where we talked about strategy component number one, the compelling why catalyst, strategy component two, the smart goals formula, strategy component three, achieving integration with the smart goals action plan. So today we're diving into the final two, number four and five. Number four, the rewards and consequences multiplier. And then number five, putting an end cap on this strategy component series with the most important strategy component when it comes to living your life by design, and that is designing your ideal day. Can't wait to dive into that with you guys. 
So without any further delay, let's go ahead and tackle strategy component number four, the rewards and consequences multiplier. And in the book, I mentioned a quote by T.S. Eliot, one of my favorite people out there when it comes to one-liners or things that can really move the needle. And you guys have probably heard this quote before. It goes like this. Only those who risk going too far can possibly find out how far one can go. So again, like the analogy with the rubber band, we want to risk going too far. We just don't want to take it too far and make it become impossible. That's how we're going to find out how far one can go. What if you guys just stayed comfortable all the time? Many of you are out there, by the way. Many of you. I lived my life like that for a long time, just staying comfortable and feeling like I was justified. But then understanding that risking going further, going faster, going deeper, but, and a big but, doing it all controlled is the only way you can find out how far you can really go. So one of the more effective strategies for holding yourself accountable, which we all need accountability, is through the power of rewards and consequences. I think you guys all know that. We're either going to set up penalties that move us away from what we don't want in life, or we're going to set up rewards that move us closer toward it. Let me explain. If your goal is to spend more time on your health and fitness, implement a system that ensures that you do this. That's how you're going to figure out how to get there. So a client of mine is committed to five days a week of exercise. And to stay on track, they joined a small private gym and asked the owner to keep them accountable. So if they don't attend five days a week, the credit card gets swiped for an additional $200 for each day missed. Because of this, that client has not missed one day since they made that commitment public, and they are well on their way to reaching their goal when they likely wouldn't have before. So that might work for you. Other people find the pursuit of pleasure a better source of motivation. So you're either going to operate off pain or pleasure. So the people who find the pursuit of pleasure better, those individuals prefer taking actions that move them toward what they want in life. Another method of establishing accountability is to go public. And guys, this is a big one. This is a huge one. Going public means you've declared your goals to individuals whom you admire and respect. And listen carefully here, guys. I hope that going public for you means that you declare your goals not to just anybody out there, but to individuals who you admire and respect. And the thought of publicly failing compels you to action. According to Dr. Robert Cooper, when you make a verbal commitment to another person or to yourself in the mirror, eye to eye, you are as much as 70% more likely to take the actions that honor that commitment. Isn't that nuts? That's crazy. 70% more likely to take the actions that honor that commitment when you make a verbal commitment to another person or to yourself in the mirror eye to eye. So I'd say on the latter one, you better be super motivated to hold yourself accountable. Most of us need to make a verbal commitment to other people out there. So just figure out which way you're wired and go toward that and increase your odds by 70%. That's fascinating. So the idea here is to find out what method best sparks you to take action. Light the match. Watch the blaze. Burn, baby, burn. One way or another, guys, keeping yourself accountable to your goals and setting either high rewards or penalties for failing to participate in the activities that drive those goals is critical to your life by design. Going public is also important because it provides a buy-in from your support team. People want to help you. The biggest honor that people can give me is to approach me and tell me that I'm one of few on a short list that they are having me hold them accountable for something. I immediately get huge spikes of dopamine when people do that because it means they admire me, they trust me, they hold my opinions and trust and belief to a very high standard or they wouldn't be asking me. For some of you out there, resistance to change might seem inescapable. Settling back into old habits, resisting, thinking you want to change, but finding that very hard to do because you're stuck in your ways. That seems like the human norm, right? 
If we can't escape this, we have to seek creative ways to cope with it and fight like crazy to defeat it. So hear me out on this. Invoking change is entirely possible, but at times it takes more than self-control and will. Experiencing lasting change in life takes strategy, consistency, truly a life by design. And in business, many of you out there are held accountable by bosses or clients or employees. The consequences of not taking action can be devastating and the rewards on the uptick can be life changing. So in life, this is no different, yet we treat it that way. We've got to create structures that mirror these same penalties and rewards, which is where going public with your personal board of advisors can come into play. So we're going to discuss that in implementation number two in the personal board of advisors. We haven't gotten there yet. That's a crucial chapter for you guys to tune back into in future episodes. Or you can go ahead and grab the book now at success101podcast.com forward slash book. Make sure at the checkout, if you're in the U.S., put success101 in the promo code. You'll get that for just the shipping cost. Or you can grab the ebook reader outside of the U.S. So when we get to that section, we talk about a personal board of advisors, which is one of my favorite things to talk about. By telling your board members, your spouse, even your children, as crazy as that may seem for some of you, how to hold you accountable you'll successfully create the same structures that are natural within businesses, thereby setting into motion your life by design. And yes, your children can hold you accountable no matter how young they are. Create games. Children can hold you more accountable sometimes than anybody else in your life because they are resilient. They don't forget, especially if you make it some sort of a reward for them. You think my kids are going to forget ice cream? Even if I may forget about it, they're not going to forget. Create games with them. Do something to allow everyone in your life that has any stake in your future success, which your children obviously do, make your goals public to them so that they can hold you accountable. So check this out. The following are a few examples I listed of goals with corresponding self-imposed accountability and rewards or consequences. And for those of you who have the book, you'll see that Curtis and I go back and forth using these different vision building activities where some of those are his and some of those are mine. I use Curtis's rewards and consequences multiplier goals, accountability and consequence list. So I'll just rattle off a couple of them here. This is not an all inclusive list of what's in the book. Number one, his goal to get really comfortable swimming one mile in the ocean and complete the Malibu triathlon. What's the accountability? Curtis declared the goal to his personal board of advisors and running partner, Sean Burton. What's the consequence? So it's a three-step process, guys. What's the goal? What's the accountability? What's the consequence? All in detail. So what's the consequence? Curtis will treat Sean to a bottle of his favorite wine, Opus One, if he does not meet his goal of competing in the Malibu triathlon. Number two, bringing it back closer to home, Curtis wanted to start a weekly date night early in his career with his wife, Christy, and have candlelight dinners at home starting July 1st of that year. What did he do? What's the accountability? He declared his goal to his personal board of advisors and then, of course, his wife. What's the consequence? Curtis has to do the dishes for a week if he does not keep his most important appointment of the week, which is with his wife. I don't know about you guys, but I hate doing a lot of housework. Sorry, Katie. I really hate doing the dishes. So for you guys, pain maybe motivates you a little bit more and you want to stay out of that to help you hit your goal. Maybe something like this is a good one. So again, guys, this is all about goals, accountability, and consequence. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to list each of your goals from the SMART Goals Action Plan that we did last time. That exercise began in the last chapter that I went over. And I want you to create an accountability item and reward or consequence in the worksheet that I've provided in the book. So as you'll see, if you have the book, it's on page 91. There's a rewards and penalties multiplier with the goal, the accountability, and then the reward or the consequence. So figure out, do I seek pleasure? Do I try to avoid pain? That's what you're going to fill in in that reward or consequence. And we've provided plenty of space for you to do that. Go through, 
in detail. It has to be in detail and figure out over the next 90 days what goal, what accountability reference, and what reward or consequence you're going to strive toward. And guys, once you start doing this, once you start building it in, once you start making it public to the people around you or hopefully to a board of advisors that you create, you will understand how strategy component number four can absolutely change your life toward the bigger future you're trying to seek. Those of you who have done that or who are going through that, please write into me, comment to me, just as many of you have already, on how this is changing your perception around rewards and consequences, accountability sources, and really framing your overall goal that you're going toward and making that public now. Don't wait another day, guys. Make it public now, and you'll see life change for the absolute better as you create a life of design. Now, moving along into strategy component number five. This is, as I mentioned twice already, the most important component to living your life by design. By the time I'm done with this, you guys are going to see why. And I want you to think about it this way. When determining your vision and setting your goals and activities that support that vision, the next step, logically, even though we don't always do this, the next step is to ensure that your schedule supports those goals and activities. What if I just rattled off a lot of stuff that I wanted to accomplish? And I even found people that I wanted to hold me accountable to that. Everybody's on board. I've made it public. I've figured out who I'm accountable to. I have listed in detail the reward or the consequence. Everybody including those around me, is ready to see this thing happen. And then what? It comes to a screeching halt whenever I find out that the calendar or the life that I've built around myself didn't even support anything that I was trying to do, and the rocket never gets off the ground. Believe it or not, guys, a life that lacks fulfillment and personal satisfaction is often easy to remedy simply by effectively and intentionally using a schedule. I'll say that again. A life that lacks fulfillment and personal satisfaction. If you're going through that right now, it is often easy, and I don't say that lightly, but it's often easy to remedy simply by effectively and intentionally using a schedule. You've seen them, people toiling away in their day-to-day, their routines, they're plagued with confusion as to why they're not happy. It's a big question mark above their head. All the while, the answer is right there before them, hiding, some of you maybe, hiding within the moments and the hours of the day. Look at your schedule right now for a moment with me, guys. Examine how you're spending your time. Ask yourself what actions throughout the day bring you closer to your ultimate vision. Are you doing that? Are you asking yourself throughout the day, what brings me closer to my ultimate vision? Or are you living a life by default, haphazardly going through a ton of stuff on your calendar, wasting away the hours, and month after month, you want to be closer to your goal, but nothing seems to be getting you there. Many people including me for a long time, many people spend their entire day taking part in activities or responsibilities that bring them little to no pleasure. And then they wonder why they feel so unsatisfied after a period of time. And that's not to say that daily goals and their supporting activities should consist of easy, relaxed, almost, you know, vacation-like behavior. Because why? We know that that would not promote success or productivity or lasting fulfillment, especially not significance. True fulfillment, you guys know, comes from reaching beyond your current circumstances, becoming more of who you want to be, creating a life by design. And that requires that you take a proactive approach toward making time for the activities that move you closer to your ideal schedule. So in this section, I want you to get your mind around this. The idea is to create three schedules. I know I'm talking about an ideal schedule, but that is one part of the equation. The ideal schedule reflects all the activities that support your vision and underlying goals. The current schedule, schedule number two, 
is a general snapshot of your current day-to-day activities. And the daily schedule, number three, is recreated each day to denote all of the items on your to-do list for the upcoming day. So let's take a step back. Let's consider your ideal schedule and how it compares to your current schedule. Calendars one and two. Big question here I want you to reflect on. If you could design the perfect day, what would it look like? And I know whenever I ask that, some of you guys are going to already give pushback and go, why do I need to go through an exercise that I know I can't do. And I get that. Some of you have probably been tasked to think up your ideal day and you felt like you just spent a lot of time thinking about something, dreaming about something, head in the clouds about something that can never happen because of your current setup and your day-to-day schedule. Maybe you don't control your schedule. Maybe your hours are not your own because you've got a boss, a manager. Maybe you have seven bosses over you. Who knows? But I want you to trust me here for just a moment. If you could design the perfect day What would it look like? And walk with me through this for a moment. And I'm not talking about a perfect vacation day. I'm talking about your day-to-day schedule. So please keep that in mind. When I say, what does your perfect day look like? This is an ongoing day. I might as well even ask, what do your weeks or months or years look like? But that's too hard to get our minds around for this exercise. So I'm talking about your day-to-day schedule. What would your typical day look like ideally? Would you awake eagerly, rested, Get up and go exercise. Would you spend time with your kids? Would you read books? Would you work six hours instead of 16 hours on some days? Think about that. Let that sit in and marinate. Now, we've got to compare this to your current schedule. So for those of you who have read the book or are following along up to this point, you know that I've mentioned the importance of your schedule is as important as your goals themselves. We don't always view it that way, though. Your schedule reflects who you are. Your schedule reflects who you are. So does your bank account. One of the biggest lessons that I've ever learned is that if you want to know what's important in a person's life, take a look at their schedule and take a look at their bank account. What they spend money on and where they spend time, those two investments are what define a person, not what they tell you or what they try to look like on the outside. So do this with me. Take an honest assessment of your current schedule. Where are you spending your time? Where are you investing your energy? Where are you investing your money? And by investing your money, I mean spending your money in this example. See how much time you are spending on the shoulds of your life rather than the wants of your life. And to help you do this, I've given you space in the book to list your current schedule versus your ideal schedule template and even gave an example of mine. And if you're following along in the book or on the e-reader, this is on page 95 in the upper right-hand corner of the book. Go ahead and take a moment. Push pause now. And even if you don't have the book, that's okay. Just grab a sheet of paper and on one side list current schedule, maybe started at 4, 5, 6 a.m. That'll be on the left-hand side. On the right-hand side, list your ideal schedule. Go ahead and push pause and do that right now before we move forward. And we're back. Review your own current schedule. Note how many hours you put in there that you spend at work. How many you're with family. Fill in the blanks with whatever it is you do during your current day as you fill in this template. Then review all the previous exercises in this book, including your to-be list, your wants and your shoulds list, your smart goals. Use those as your building blocks to determine what you want your ideal schedule to look like. And hopefully you recorded that over in your ideal schedule portion of the template. That side-by-side comparison is going to give you the framework to see where you can make changes in your daily schedule to truly get to where you want to be in a life by design, not by default. Let's take it a step further. Once you've examined your current schedule, It's existing energy drains, things that sabotage your satisfaction, the ways which you block progress, 
I'm just filling in some examples of those of you who have written into me out there of what you said your current schedule looks like. Once you take a look at that, notice, see what your patterns are. You're most likely investing large portions of your time and energy participating in activities that simply do not support your life's vision. The next step is crucial. It's to create a plan and move you forward into your ideal schedule. And as I mentioned, this is an ongoing project. This is not just a one-day snapshot because our days are going to ebb and flow with different things that get put on our calendar. Most of them, 90% of them in our control, even if you're an employee that has a boss over you, much of what you spend your time doing is still in your control. But much of what we do, especially as entrepreneurs, 90%, I would argue, is likely in our control. But it's the other 10% that we allow to sabotage everything and we spend the most time on when it comes to wasting time. We have to change, guys. And in order to change the direction of your life, you've got to refocus your energies toward activities that move you in the direction of nowhere else but your ideal schedule. You must define, illustrate, dream up how that ideal schedule looks and feels. Envision it. I even added in the book, smell the crisp morning air of a 6 a.m. run. It's hard as heck to get up and go do that, but man, does that air smell good when it's a cool morning at 6 a.m. and you're so glad you got up and did that. I've never regretted a run that I forced myself to go on, but I've certainly regretted a lot that I never took part in. When you do this, guys, a heightened level of awareness concerning what you truly seek will determine how you approach your day. You may have heard the phrase before, get up early in the morning and make your bed as the first thing. That sounds so simple. But it is so true because that first step of accomplishment sends ripple effects through your mental pathways that you're setting in your brain. And again, I can't stress enough. I want this to be in detail. Ask yourself questions maybe that you haven't asked before or maybe reframe some of the questions. How do you want to feel upon rising? How do you truly want to spend your day? How do you want to feel when you're drifting off to sleep at the end of the day? Define it. Write it down. Speak it over your life. Lead a life by design, not by default. And I want to mention another really important point here, guys. Do not, do not buy into the hype of needing something exotic or sensational or just out of this world to experience lasting change. So many people think that hiring that new coach that costs lots of money or starting that new program that they see as an investment in their life is truly going to move the needle. And it may, but if you've tried those things before, what is going to make this time any different? The answer is probably right there underneath your nose. And it's simply your calendar. Your daily calendar has all of the answers packed into it. And if you're willing to put in the work, giving as much thought and strategy to your life planning as you do your own businesses, your life will change. Trust me on that. Mark my word. If you're unwilling to put in the work, we know the answer to that. It will not change. Think about what you want to do in this ideal calendar. If investing in your relationship with your spouse and children is important to you, make room in your schedule. Schedule vacations and children's school activities for the year in advance. Book working trips and other activities around that which is most important. If changing your body is something that mattered to you, you would schedule time to plan out how you're going to eat and exercise. Why would you not do the same for family activities if family time is important to you rather than being held hostage by work? Think about it this way, guys. If a person wants to speak a new language but does not have a single action in their schedule that supports that goal, what is the likelihood that they will learn a new language by the end of the year. Remember when I said that a schedule reflects a person's life? I say this because a person's ability to move toward goals is directly influenced by the quality of his or her schedule. I can't say that enough. Failing to schedule in those activities that would actually allow a person to achieve their goals is the same as living a life by default. So you may think that you're doing a lot of great things 
to someday build toward this man or woman that you want to be, but failing to schedule in those activities that would actually allow you to achieve your goals in your calendar, right there in your calendar every day, is the same as living a life by default, no matter what other actions you're trying to put into place when you feel like you're off the calendar each day. We must remember that every activity in which you take part, every activity is either working toward success, meaning it supports and strengthens those things most valuable to you, or it is moving you away from it. There is no neutral when it comes to this idea. And if you think about it, becoming a master of your schedule seems like such a simple task. And I've had people tell me that before when we talk about calendaring. They go, oh, I'll just do it. Whatever I need to move, I'll just move it. But it's so simple, in fact, that most of us often overlook it. Getting a handle on this, though, guys, getting a handle on your schedule, filling it with your wants instead of your shoulds is the single most important part of your life by design. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Either you're doing it or you're not doing it. Either your life is designed or it's living by default. Either you're racing toward a vision that doesn't always seem perfect or you are living haphazardly, letting life throw you around and yet again another month or year goes by where you are seeking the next hot thing to chase after that might help you get there. Guys, it's right underneath your nose, right in front of you every day in how you spend your time on your calendar. Remember, as I leave you guys, your ideal schedule will change as your life and accomplishments change. It has to. It has to ebb and flow with us as we mature and grow. But to accommodate the dynamic nature of life, schedule five minutes each day to design your next day's schedule. I call it posting and planning at the end of each of my days. Accommodate five minutes each day to design your next day's schedule, remembering to consistently work toward your ideal schedule. That is the summit. That is the top of where we're going. And eventually, if you work hard at this and you lock it in and your neuronal connections and your pathways in your brain, it will become habit. It will become the most important part of your day, and it will be an ongoing process that points you toward your ideal life as it jumps off the pages of your calendar and is seen by everyone in your real life because it means more to you than living a life by default, living haphazardly, and making sure that your days can be lived by design toward an incredible future. Guys, thanks so much for joining me here today. Again, I am Jared Warren, and the Success 101 podcast couldn't be what it is without you guys. Thanks so much for your support in over 120 countries out there, downloading thousands upon thousands of episodes each week. I personally thank you so much. I couldn't do this without you. And the comments you send in, the encouragement, the ways your life is changing means so much to me, more than you will ever know. So keep the comments coming. If you guys would like to connect directly with me, the best way to do that is to shoot my team an email at info at success101podcast.com, or you can catch me in the world of social media on the Facebook Success 101 Podcast community page or on Instagram under the name at success101podcast. I also do a lot of cool stuff over on Twitter as far as posting news articles and planning articles under the name at Warren Jared, and you can catch me on Snapchat under the name Jared S. Warren. I'll catch you guys on the next awesome episode of the Success 101 podcast. Until then. Mm-hmm.